This experience is best with headphones. This is a program in partnership with Open and Clear Broadcasting. For more information and additional programs, visit us at openandclear.com. For any questions you would like us to focus on, comments about the show, inquiry about advertising with us, or just want someone to talk to, please visit us there at openandclear.com. Welcome to another episode of False Prophet with Reverend Devin Devine, and I'm Dr. Mark. On April 19th, uh, I'm back in Grenada. I just got off the plane. I'm exhausted, but I'm glad to be in the tropics again. Mm, I want to be in the tropics. (laughs) Just when Utah starts to warm up, I have to go back to the tropics where it's super hot. Yeah, I don't know how you do it, getting away from your baby and stuff, and... I know. It hasn't hit me yet. I'm yeah. still looking at pictures. <laughs> Actually, it was really funny. I was on this plane, and I, I don't know, maybe it's because I'm sleep-deprived or something. But I've noticed uh, uh, over the last day, I've noticed kind of my own thinking patterns. Like, I was on a plane, and I saw hmm. one group, like one girl and one guy having this overly intellectual conversation. They're like, <laughs> so intellectual and so elitist. And I'm like, oh, you know, they're not in touch with me. I'm like, they're... I'm like, they're not in touch with the real world. They're not like, you know, that's too much. And then I saw another conversation going on, and they were just kind of grungy, you know, mouth breathers. And so there's this contrast between the guy who's super rich, and he's like really showy, and then the guy who's unsophisticated. And there's the guy who's uh, really sophisticated, he's really intelligent, and the, the grungy mouth breather caveman types. But And I'm seeing like... <laughs> I'm like really uh, critical of these people. And so I was kind of bringing to mind uh, like a scripture that I read once. It was, um, with what judgment you judge, you will be judged again with it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and so I was kind of thinking, I'm like, how is it that we're supposed to judge? Or are we supposed to judge other people that are around us? How are we supposed to judge? Oh, yeah, I mean, are we, are we supposed <laughs> to judge them at all? Well, my definition of judge has definitely changed. Um, oh yeah. That uh, you you, kind of what we touched on and talked about last time about how you even see objects or no words, uh, is is in a basis of judgment. Like you have a discernment between letters and objects to know the difference between other objects and, you know, to to define those people as different types of people is quite literally the basis of judgment. So, so to say, you know, to even notice them as different is already judgment. So you're going to be guilty of this perceiving form anyway. Is that just part of the third or fourth dimension? Yeah, that is kind of literally what the third dimension is. So as, you know, the idea of what actually judge and be judged is is as you see them, even something as simple as, as bodies, you would then experience life as a body and know yourself as a body. Um, it happens instantaneously because it's a law of the universe. And and quite literally, as you're uh, kind of judging them in a way that you think you know, you're either better or less than, uh, you're going to experience the same way in order to know them you almost have to experience it yourself and and the kind of the law about that being in the universe is so that you can come to know the universe even as god knows the universe so you have to live your ideas of the universe as unto yourself Um, is that so that you can experience all the possibilities of what there is yeah and determine you know what is worthy of you and what you want to be real and you know where you want to be in the universe you know do you want to be terrestrial focused telestial or celestial focused and that's what the last judgment is is you know what have you judged 
the world to be and be Christ looking upon you and what you have and, and seeing within you and knowing what you are honestly perceiving in the world is kind of what the last judgment is about. So when I'm looking at these other people and I'm making these judgments, that's only one of like an infinite amount of possibility of judgments I could be making about them. Yeah. In fact, there's been experiences of, of mine where I was talking to a perfectly healthy man um, and he was, you know, interacting as if he was healthy. And then he brought up a story and instantly as he brought up the story i saw where it was going almost as if we were changing universes and the whole set was changing and his character changed and he became this uh guy that had didn't have mobility on one side of his body and his face drooped and everything and he was saying that he was always like this from the story on because it was about his getting in a car accident and his his wife and family all died and he's the only one that survived and but i didn't see that and i saw him as this perfectly healthy person um and you know it was it was almost as when he told the story he came back into that universe into that experience and and i then started seeing it as well i i'm guilty of joining him in that um as and in that experience is kind of what i see jesus was doing was that he didn't see the lame man as if he, you know, couldn't walk and then could, but that he always could and he was always this, you know, perfect being and he then the the guy believed him and joined him in the possibility of it being true and just got up and walked. Oh, that's interesting. It wasn't like I... transcending over something that was actually happening. It was transcending over an illusion that they insisted was real before. Like a story. I had that happen to me once too a while ago. Like, there was a lady that my wife and I knew, and she was always perfectly normal to me. Yeah. Um, but my wife pointed out, yeah, you know, she's got that that uh, deformed hand, so it kind of makes it hard for her to do things. And I was like, what are you talking about? Her hands are, are totally normal. And they had always looked normal to me, but when I looked down, her hand was all deformed. And I was like, whoa, where'd that come from? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like that. And. You know, it's it's kind of judge and be judged is more of a generic thing about being in a universe that has ills and has pains and suffering all together. And while you're seeing that and determining that to actually be happening to those around you, you are going to be experiencing that event as well. I mean, you're then in that universe, in that part of the idea to literally experience it. So if you're more conscious of what you do, can you change your experience of your universe then? Well, I'm cautious with the idea of conscious um, because it does make it seem like you have to actually choose. But once you get to that place, maybe in the stepping stones to it, um, you do have to choose many times over, insisting to choose that, uh, you know, you're greater than, than what you are seeing as negativities and all that stuff. But it's more like... Once you relieve yourself of knowledge of good and evil, um, it's more like just being in that space. So it's like you're not even trying to be anymore. You're just like, it's almost as if you see the thoughts of knowledge of good and evil come up and you just, they, they like wash over you and you just let them go and you don't even pay attention to what it is anymore. And it's like trying to count every raindrop that hits you and it's not any, it's, you know, you're just, instead you're just, in the world and not of it and that can like fundamentally change your experience of your life as far as consciously trying to look into your past and comparing it it would make it seem like that yes um yet are you aware of the changes that occurred i do not necessarily i it's funny because you forget all about that stuff like you forget what you left behind and you're moving on you're moving forward into this new idea and stuff and so it just seems that's the way it's always been yeah exactly and and you almost forget that you had problems with this person or that or whatever it might be and 
and uh, because you you've forgiven that judgment like you you literally stop seeing it and people say that it's not true that to forgive is to forget but it's it's quite literally true not just in a forgetting like you're pardoning something to an extreme but quite literally that you can't even comprehend that it even happened anymore like you try and think about it and you're like don't even know you know what do you mean <laughs> you know like how you were looking at the hands before you realized that they were crippled or deformed or whatever then you were in that space of not even knowing that there that it was occurring and you kind of get to that space when you actually forgive yourself of the judgments of people like you don't even you no longer see differences you and it's not so much you see everybody exactly the same but you see you in everybody and therefore you see everybody the same because you see parts of you you only see aspects of you walking around talking to you as far as my experience that's interesting because yeah. it's it's just the one consciousness of the universe manifesting through everybody so we're all the same yeah exactly <laughs> when you let go of the idea of that separation and you're all together yeah <laughs> Yeah, sly dog, you. <laughs> Trying to piece it all together. I was I like saying like... to Aaron, I had a little show with him yesterday, and and I was saying, you know what? I'm coming out of the closet. You know, I'm God. <laughs> 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 People think I say, you know, I'm going to come out of the closet and be gay. And, uh, and It's like, you know, it's time for everybody to come out of the closet and admit the reality of who we are in this experience. And... Uh, maybe it's not quite time yet, but it will be soon. That's one thing I've always thought it's really interesting about traditional Christianity versus Mormonism. Is Mormonism teaches that we're literally the children of God who can become God. Yeah. And most religions, that's just so her that's heretical. You can't say something like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, and then with my perspective of the purification plan or the plan of salvation... Um, is that there is no difference like it's literally a cycle in time um, from the beginning to the end so we're not becoming as God into a new universe but we're literally becoming as God into the same universe like we are the story of God becoming God and knowing his own universe each and every single one of us not one of us left behind <laughs> oh wow yeah it's pretty intense that is actually pretty cool. It's this like snake eating itself type of thing. Exactly. <laughs> do, 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 do. That's interesting because God says He's from all eternity to all eternity, and there's no beginning or end. And I've always, I've never understood how you can have a linear time that has no beginning or end. Yeah, and still expand. If, yeah. Right, but if it's God like becoming God and all these this cycle of stuff, then that would make sense. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we, and, and of course, I mean, the Mormon church was also uh, made with a personality and, and a filter that was in, you know, the 1800s or whatever it was, 1700s, I don't even know. And, yeah. you know, the grasping of quantum physics and out, out, alternate universes and possibilities wasn't there in consciousness yet. And uh, so it's hard to understand that. And that, in fact, the space of going about and making a new universe, our own universe, is only the sixth and seventh dimensions. <laughs> oh, yeah, and it expands beyond yeah. that. Yeah, because, I mean, we're, we're the unlimited universe at that time, and that's universes upon universes of multiple, multiple ideas that we can literally, as I was talking about earlier, jump into different universes without any you know noticing or anything being in one universe as a cripple and being in that same universe in that same place or in a new universe in that same place as you know not just a healed person but someone that can fly or something mm. yeah stretch it even further yeah it's pretty intense I mean, so it's that's pretty outrageous <laughs> right it reminds me of the book like Jonathan Livingston Siegel. I don't know if you've ever read that one. It's uh, one of my favorites. 
it's about a seagull, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's a seagull who he learns to fly, then he learns to fly really fast, then he learns to teleport, and then he just transcends <laughs> time and space. And really? <laughs> no, I have never, I've never heard of. I I heard only a little bit about it. I didn't know it did that much. That's funny. yeah. It's it just goes to the it's like, and it just explains there's no limits, and the only limits that you have are the ones that you impose on yourself. Yeah, and you it's know, like perceptual. the four minute mile. As soon as that's yeah. broken, all of a sudden there's hundreds of people doing it. And thousands now, millions. And it is true. Like, well, we talk about that in medicine a lot. Like, if there's an expectation given to a patient, they live it out, you know? Yeah. Well, that's good. Like, yeah. See, you're going to be fine. <laughs> that's how, yeah, it's kind of, you have to approach it. Like, well, let's approach it optimistically. Like, uh, Tony Robbins talks about when his father-in-law died of cancer... Um, before the doctor came in, they prepped him, and they were very optimistic and very positive. And you know, then the doctor came and worked with them. And he said one day the doctor came, and it was a new doctor, and he didn't know this whole thing that they were doing. And he just went into the patient and said, "Yeah, dude, you're gonna die in a couple of weeks. You're really bad." And then his whole physical health just decayed, and he died. You know, yeah. we kind yeah. of—it's it's crazy to see like. In psychology, we do that too. Like, if you set an expectation of somebody, like you're, you're doing really, really well, they'll do well. And if you say, oh, "I don't think you can do that well," they won't do well. Like yeah, your perception really you. does. And yeah. that's that's like a lot, like what Jesus was doing. Like he could see and easy, easily see beyond, and he could see beyond, you know, any idea of the person being related to any any of that and and that was kind of like uh, you know if you believe in me then you'll be healed and the same idea was that you know you're joining with yeah do you believe you can do it and you can be healed or uh as you were saying with psychology do you do you believe that you're smart or that you're capable of doing this test even as they say they they are you know and you know in the same sense you turn to jesus and he says you be whole and and you believe it and you then you know almost bring it about yourself and with with the support of christ because oh. hmm. he, he does say that often he says you know be it unto you even as your faith or something yeah you know? and i've always had a hard time with that because i'm like well how do you choose to believe something that you can't see it's not there like what yeah. is belief yeah it is it is it is funny. I mean, it's not that we don't have faith or we don't have belief, but that our belief is in a specific way of the world. And, you know, the way gravity works and the way the body is supposed to work. And, and you know, almost as, yes, science has taught us a way uh, and is expanding its limits ultimately and going more and more in, into being more less limits. Um, but it's like still based off of the belief that, you know, soul, uh, cells and things actually work in that specific fashion and not directed by the consciousness, um, which makes sense uh, because literally with what we're looking at, but as far as quantum physics and actually the observation influences the events that are occurring, then, uh, you know, it it goes into a whole nother ball game. Yeah, that's weird. Because it opens up the possibility that your observation, your awareness, your consciousness is like dictating the world around you. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's interesting. So for me, belief has always been something that you either have or you don't. But what you're saying is that you always have some belief of the world in some context. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, like, kind of you, you know you just need to turn your faith into the laws of God instead of the laws of the world and the laws of limit limitlessness instead of the laws of being limited and if it's as easy as I mean we, we did go through the first years of our lives training to believe in the physical world and we achieved it and you know we And that's that's what the Course in Miracles is about for me, and what it's been for me is training the mind to think 
outside, literally outside of the box instead of in the box of the laws of physics. And uh, really, I mean, we're all going through this in our lives. Just some of us are more ambitious about it than others. And, and even as you're talking about medicine, it's like, you know, it's all opening up. We're all getting there. We're all expanding more and, and coming out of this idea of, you know, that the world is finite and literally by all of these specific laws. Yeah. Yeah, I noticed that my thought patterns seem to go in circles. I'll try to find a solution, but I'll do the same thing, and I'll think about things the same thing, and I just get frustrated. But when I find myself thinking outside of the box and mm -hmm. expanding, like, interpreting things differently or accepting maybe there's more to it, it just seems like problems are easier to solve or things fit together better. It's not so much of a yeah. struggle. Yeah, you're trying so to what, see it from a different perspective and, you know shines another light on it right yeah it was interesting well like you were talking about um the the raindrops falling on you you know losing your awareness of each individual raindrop it's like when you have all these individual beliefs about the world and you just let them go is that what we're talking about uh it would it's a practice i mean that's kind of what a course in miracles is about keep referring to that because that's specifically mine um, but and what Jesus intended to teach us in the first place was about forgiveness and everything and it doesn't stop at just pardoning you know a circumstance that happens to you or happened to you um, and, a, and a person or event or God or whatever um, but that you know it's almost like comes to a point of instant forgiveness like nothing can harm you nothing can touch you it's like you realize that you or as God created you in this, you know, being that can't be harmed or influenced by this silly world and, and everything, you almost lose defenses altogether because, yeah. you know, you know, you realize yourself to be this, you know, being of light and a, of great power opposed to, you know, a body that, and this tiny identity that doesn't know that, you know, it also believes, I mean, the whole reason we get offensive about things like someone calling us stupid or something uh, is because we actually believe it about ourselves. I mean, I can call you a fire hydrant and everything, and you're more likely to laugh about it than to get all huffy and, you know, yelling at me and and saying, you know, it's wanting to come to the stance of, you know, I no longer relate with anything mm -hmm. you can say about me. And I, yet I know all of it. Like be, some people tell me, you know, like, oh man, you're so arrogant and, and you think you know everything. I'm like, yes, I do. Yes, I am. <laughs> and like, I have no problem saying any of that anymore. And like, no problem, uh, pretty much anything as far as what I know, uh, you know, like if I suck at this or whatever, I, I, I came to terms with all of that and I no longer find it an issue anymore because I've accepted it and I've let it go. I've forgiven it. And while it might still be occurring, you know, my body might still be uh, manifesting or showing that, uh, expressing uh, what seems to be judged as arrogant and things like that. Uh, then so be it. it. It really it's just another thing happening. It's another thing that's occurring and really has no more importance than anything else. That's interesting because I've always noticed the the closer something hits to home, the more mm -hmm. it hurts. Yeah. The more truly it resounds, you know, it's the more painful it is. Yeah, and the question is like, where, what actually hurts? Like, is it what is being said? Or is it somehow you're relating to it to find evidence and the fact that you have the evidence in your past that is getting you to relate with it. You also don't want to be that way. You want to strive for something else. Like you think, no, I want to be smart. So no, don't, don't, don't hit my justification that I'm stupid. Uh, I want to be known as smart. And, you know, just admit that you believe and want to be this evidence to be real that you are stupid that's why you keep going back to that and actually trying to prove that that's what they're saying and then you know realize that you know you got to be pretty smart to do that and then the, you are actually being smart you know and then prove yourself wrong that you 
you know, never have actually been stupid. You just believed that you were, you know, or something along the lines of, and it works with, you know, being pretty and ugly as well, because I mean, it, people think, oh, but that doesn't work. That might work with mental, uh, ideas and emotional ideas, but the physical is, is solid and everything. But even as I was explaining about that, that guy, I, and you didn't even see the, this, distorted hand and stuff like that is like you know the solid form that we see is not actually everything we see but quite literally what we're seeing is the past and everything we know about the past and all these past ideas and judgments that we still hold in our mind i mean even like the synapses in your brain they have to be there and somehow determine you know what they're seeing in order to charge to tell you what you're seeing so i mean like how do you know what a cup is for an example it uses in the course it's like everything you know about a cup is reviewed when you see a cup and you know holding it to your lips and picking up a cup and what a cup does and why you don't hold it upside down when there's stuff in it and you know you're reviewing all of this information about a cup and all of these last little things are tiny little judgments determining what this cloud of energy is that now is this solid form so in, instead of that we can actually change and determine what we are seeing that to be then what we actually believe about ourselves so like if we want to see ourselves as pretty we want to be a pretty person or a pretty woman or whatever then we have to you know be able to forgive all the past events in which we've defined ourselves as something else as anything else and really any any experience of you know what we can see about ourselves and being any look or anything and then just kind of finding that essence about ourselves that is naturally just love and then in that without definition you you can look at yourself again instead of you know instead of looking at your past where you just seeing that you know that scar happened and how you got it and maybe how they teased you about this or that and all these scenarios you almost let go so much that you've just completely forgotten about them and every time uh, you try and think of a scenario where it occurred and it comes up again you you use that to learn to let go of it again, to forgive it, and... Oh, man. Anyway, you start to be able to see yourself without judgment, as even as Jesus would be seeing you. Well, yeah, I mean, that makes sense, because I can see how I'm making judgments about everybody else, and I'm making judgments about me and what I think my own identity and my definitions and my labels are. Yeah. And you're saying the way out of that is forgiveness of those definitions. Yeah, and and ultimately the idea of forgiveness needs to be let go of as well. It's like the definition of it and all this stuff. But, you know, it's not like it's a problem. I mean, we have a goal right now. We could think of it as, as a goal to experience what Jesus did and and has. And yet, at the same time, you know, you're made to see the world in the way you do. And so there's specific lessons to be learned about it. And, and even that it is, you have specific things to forgive uh, for us as a whole. And, uh, you know, I have specific things to forgive and, and let go of as a whole. And, you know, we'll see, you know, while we are obsessing with something or a problem like relationships or something, we just naturally then see other people having that same problem with relationships and, or you know we're having problems with money and we see other people having problems with money at the same time and you know when it's like almost as if when we don't have those ideas we're like in a different space than everybody else and we almost can't even comprehend people complaining about money we're just like oh lovely colors or something yeah. you know some other world type experience well, i think that's so what you're saying is so I'm here, and I'm judging people, and I feel guilty about that. 
I'm like, oh man, I shouldn't judge people. And I make a normative statement. And I'm critiquing myself. I Maybe I shouldn't judge myself. But what you're saying is that's an inherent part of life that I'm supposed to be experiencing right now. I shouldn't feel bad about that. Well, it is the state of opposition. Um, as far as what we're here to experience. Uh, I wouldn't say that anybody isn't anybody called to learn more and to experience more shouldn't uh definitely if you're you feel guilty about it the the idea of guilt is is really kind of says there's something there to learn about the situation says i'm not understanding it correctly um pretty much any pain or suffering or fear or anything says i'm not really understanding the situation as god would um, in in the sense of becoming as God, you know, would God face a storm and be afraid of it, or you know, would would God look to see a problem and say, well, maybe you're just <laughs> manifesting the crap, <laughs> or something? You know, God is creating the world, and if we're learning to become as God, uh, I, I highly think thinking like God is is definitely intended. Yeah. Well, because, I mean, you, you read that story, the, the storm, you know. Christ was asleep on the ship, and there's a big storm, and his, his apostles are freaking out. And they wake him up, and, Master, you know, save us lest we perish. And he says, oh, ye of little faith. And he's just totally, yeah. you know, not worried about it at all. And he's quite literally saying, like, oh, you focused on the bodies and not understanding who you are. Mm. And yeah. is that the message that he's, like, trying to get across to these people? That's how I see it. Yeah, it's like you, you being of great power, thinking yourself so weak, so little, as if you're a victim of the situation instead of you as a collective created it. Because I've always wondered about that because it infers, you know, you people of little faith, like it makes it seem like it, they have some kind of responsibility or they could have changed the situation. But I'm like, how? How could they have done that? Well, maybe it could be said instead, turn it around a little bit, like, uh, oh, ye of faith in the little, uh, you know, being the little body and the little, uh, how the physical laws work with the little body and how it's all just, you know, instead of faith in the big and the, the, the big part of you that has the power, even as Christ, to stop such things. That is interesting. And then he proceeds to, like, let Peter walk on the water, and he turns a couple of loaves of bread into to feed 5,000 people, you know. Yeah, it's pretty intense. Hmm. And it's just because his perspective, he let go, he forgave those physical laws that we bind ourselves to. Yeah, and numbers and stuff. I mean, was he counting those bread I, and the fish? I doubt it. Um, was he even thinking of... Uh, if water was solid or liquid, no, I, I doubt it. I, I don't think he was even in the mindset of really thinking about much at all instead of just uh, kind of doing it and being it. And I think the thinking and the words and everything is kind of, you're already judging the situation and trying to figure out what to do and what not to do, and you already know and you shouldn't step out onto the water, and you already know because of the judgments how and what to do in life so i had this experience one time and i was early in the morning and i was asleep and i was kind of coming out of a sleep but i was still asleep in a dream mm -hmm. i don't remember what it was but i was having a conversation with somebody and i was you know i was in a, like a hospital or something and i guess I, in medicine we call that alpha beta waves where you you're are awake and interacting in your dreamlike state and then it snapped out of it and i realized i was in my room having a conversation with the wall but my entire my whole brain shifted <laughs> over and i was like oh my gosh my brain has so much control it can make me honestly think that i'm in like a whole different universe from one second to the next yeah. and then it, it made me think well how do i know that i'm actually in a room right now my brain's just telling me another story you know that's funny. I remember actually. I, I believe it was you. We were having a sleepover with Colton at Colton's house, and we, <laughs> we like tried to stay up and see if you were sleep talking. Oh yeah. And you said something about a plug or something like, and then we kept you up trying to, to have conversations with you while you were sleeping. It's funny. <laughs> we we used to do that with Mark and Maria too. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> good times. Then it's good funny. Times. Heck yeah, it's <laughs> funny to mess with people. 
You were getting really pissed there. <laughs> You're like, God, let me sleep. <laughs> I believe it. I like my sleep. <laughs> yeah, so uh, as far as perceiving a whole nother world in our dreams and everything. Huh? And the dream world kind of uh, is very similar to the spirit world. And it almost gives you an understanding of why we're here. Um, the spirit world, or the dream world, let's say, because we understand that. Now you can be in a dream and think of something and it's instantaneously happening and occurring and you think of someone and they're there. Uh, you know, you think, oh, good thing I have clothes on and you look down and you're naked and you're like, oh. Right. You know, instantly. If you're afraid of something, it comes to. Yeah. And, and usually... Uh, if something gets terrifying or too exciting or something, you wake up right at that, at, around that point, um, at least somewhat close. And uh, it's kind of understood in the spirit world that the same as well, and that we're here to train our minds um, to the manifesting isn't occurring instantaneously anymore. And it's kind of been put in a delay kind of a solidified form of the same thing. So now you have like a few days or something, some of us, depending on how much fear we have, you know, a few days before a manifestation occurs. And so we have an opportunity to change our mind or to think differently. And often we do and it doesn't happen and things like that. And, and that we have this chance to, that it's slowed down in time because we're we're almost untrained and we're doing things we don't want to do in the spirit world and we started this war in heaven and we're having this war of thoughts and words and and so then we're now we're we're here trying to slow it down to train our minds so that we can actually experience you know what we want as a happy dream a happy spirit world and instead of you know having war and everything I heard a seminary teacher say something similar to that. Oh, yeah. He's like, can you imagine what would happen if everything you thought just happened instantly? Yeah. It would be, you know, be chaos and would be you know, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, it's Armageddon right there. Well, I, I watch like, movies like The Secret, and they talk about the law of attraction. Mm-hmm. And it's, I don't know, I wonder, is that kind of like what they perceive to be the law of attraction? Is just our own thought patterns manifesting in reality? Yeah, well, thought patterns manifesting in reality is kind of why it's happening. So, like, why you see that movie. And uh, you know the secrets of the universe, ultimately. And yet, we're terrified of some of them. And so we've slowed it down so that we can experience it, you know, more that we don't have to accept it all at once. We can accept little by little by little and forgive little by little by little. Uh, So, like, this idea of the secret is is kind of a stepping stone to as many of us are focused on form and things and objects that it, it's spirit using that using our obsessions uh to help us teach us more and to help us to focus on you know the to coming back and training into the spirit world is it just teaching us the process of how it works yeah and, you know, it's just a stepping stone because ultimately, while it is happening that way, it doesn't have to be, you know, like a conscious choice of sitting there meditating on what you want. And it doesn't have to be an object because it's it's not that, you know, you can manifest an object in your life. It's that you are manifesting every object in your life. Like right now, every object that you have in your life, everything in every situation and every person just like into a dream and so you're not just attracting a nice car you're attracting every car on the road i mean ultimately that's to train your mind to to you know thinking in correspondence with what you want and we want this positive form and we want the love and you know we we want the limitlessness and so we're training our minds to actually think that way and, and A Course in Miracles is not just a book. I mean, it is literally our life. It is the course in learning to become miraculous and to experience life as that. It's happening every day. Yeah, that's one thing I noticed that they don't talk about in, like, the secret and the law of forgiveness is the, or the law of attraction. They don't talk about forgiveness. 
but you're saying that if there's things in our life that we don't like, we can slowly give them. Yeah, and it's kind of like a, it's I mean, referred to often as letting go or releasing. And uh, forgiveness has been misunderstood as just a pardon. You know, you still lock your doors more afterwards and and stuff like that. But uh, it's it's more like, you know, I, even though that's justified and understood, you're still asking to be, you know, in the universe where theft happens instead of in the universe where there is no theft. For an example, yeah. What's well, like I've, Siddhartha always talked about? The Buddha would say, "Attachment creates suffering. It's our attachment to things that create it, and the way to transcend it is just to let it flow past, let it flow through you, and not resist it anymore." Yeah. I've always like tried to practice that, you know, but it's it's hard. I get attached. <laughs> Yeah. I don't want to forgive. And it's usually attached to like expectations of things and what they're going to satisfy you in and mm. and you know where they're going to go and you know how long you're going to have that car and all that stuff and you know it's more like just accepting life as it comes and and training in to wide, ride those waves of life instead of insisting that you need to stop the waves and these waves, who who made these waves pointy? They're supposed to be square, you know. Mm. And yeah, it doesn't make life easy. Yeah, we, yeah especially yeah. for me, I tend to, <laughs> I judge everything, you know. I'm judging this, I'm judging that. This should be this, and making normative statements all the time. What ought to be and what ought not to be. It's, yeah. Sometimes I guess I just need to stand back and let it happen. Yeah, I mean, if that's you know forcing it too you can do that um, but also just the idea of simply you know maybe doing it so much you're tired of it and you know doing it out loud every last little second every last little thought you have and a lot of people think the way to quit smoking is to stop smoking but if you smoked 20 packs in at the exact same time for a whole day you know, literally smoking a whole pack at once, uh, you're going <laughs> to get tired of it and not want to smoke after that. <laughs> you know, you like, do it more. Like, the whole the whole reason we, like, span it out in our lifetime and whatever scenario, whatever it is, it's like, you know, because we're using, we're not using it up. Let's burn it out. Burn the entire thing. Just, you know, get rid of the want and the need to do it. Yeah. Hmm. And that would satiate that drive. Yeah, in theory. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think that's a good place to leave it off. I do have to get going. Gonna go pick up my baby. Cool. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. I enjoy it. Me too. I look forward to next week. These are a lot of fun for me. Okay, good. I'm glad. Hopefully, without the static next time. Sorry, everybody. All right. Okay, talk to you later. All right, I'll talk to you later, man. Thanks for tuning in. Oh, buttons.